0: Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show on YouTube. As of this recording, we're almost up to 625 subscribers. Let's get to 700 by Monday. Thank you so much to everyone who's watched the show and subscribed to the show here on YouTube. And if you don't watch or subscribe on YouTube, that's okay. I'm a little disappointed, but not mad at you as long as you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only. Don't be a hater. And you can also check us out on Spotify and all of the other fantastic podcasting platforms out there. You can find the show pretty much anywhere. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday, which is today, today's Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. You can also leave a comment on any. Of the YouTube shows from the previous four days, Monday through Thursday, and I will answer those questions for you on Friday. So let's go ahead and get into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here again unlocked on, on Panthers. Didn't do it last week because of the Deshaun Watson news. Never forget the Falcons blew a twenty-eight to three lead. They also blew signing Deshaun Watson as he went to get the bag in Cleveland. And a couple of days ago, Matt Ryan became an Indianapolis Colts. Colt, and Colt, now the. Falcons have no quarterback at all, and I am very happy to see it. All we right, would start off with Brad, who has a long one here. Guys, brevity is always key, but I will answer your questions no matter what. Um, Let's see. He says, this, despite some of our losses on defense, they managed to bring in reinforcements at safety, cornerback, linebacker, and defensive tackle. I'm confident the defense will be good again, and after free agency, it seems like quarterback or O-line is the obvious choice in the draft. I agree with you that if a generational left tackle like Neal or Equanu are available at six, that we should take them and have the left side secured for the next 10 years. I'm not as sold on any of the other left tackles, assuming the top guys are gone and would you reach for a left tackle at six or reach for a quarterback? I hear the argument that we should ride with Darnold, suck again, and pick a top five quarterback next year. But even with Darnold and Rule, I don't think there's any way we'll be bad enough to get a top pick and no guarantee we can draft one of the top quarterbacks next year. Our defense is good. The O-line looks much better. And if McCaffrey stays healthy, there's no reason this team shouldn't win more games next year, even if Darnold still sucks. If we draft a left tackle at six, that only helps mask the damage Darnold would do anyway. Unfortunately to me, it seems like our option is to gamble. On a developmental quarterback in this year's draft or get a veteran who won't even take us to a Super Bowl. If a top reason quarterback does want to come here, I think we'll always be to average be in the position to draft a sure thing. Okay. So I think your general question here is assuming the top guys are gone, would you reach for a left tackle at six or reach for a quarterback? The Carolina Panthers' philosophy going into the draft is going to be best player available, whether that's going to be a left tackle, whether that's a defensive end or an edge rusher or a quarterback. That's what they want to do. That's what they did last year when all of y'all sat there and shouted out how they had to draft Matt Jones or Justin Fields. I think primarily most of you wanted Justin Fields. They looked at their board. They saw J.C. Horn, and they drafted him. He also filled a massive need that the Carolina Panthers had at the cornerback spot. So I still think this year, that they're not going to reach for a left tackle. I don't think they're going to reach for a quarterback. Whoever is sitting there on their board at six will be the selection. If it's Evan Neal or Ike Iquano, if they're still there, then that's great. If it's Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, if that's who they truly have there at six, then that's great. They use free agency to allow them to have options in the draft. And if their draft board falls to any of those players at six, then I'm cool with it. And I'm going to hopefully, I don't know. It really depends on what happens. I'm going to try – to be fine with their philosophy and as long as they stick with it and they're not going to reach then I don't really know if you can really complain and be upset with the Panthers and what they try to do all right moving forward Mr. C11 he says my question is if we like Willis this year then why in the hell didn't we select fields last season bigger better competition big arm runs a 4 four forty. he was a he was ready to play last year I just don't understand the mindset of picking someone like Willis all right so if you watched Justin Fields last season, the Bears are apprehensive to start him at all to start off the season. It was Andy Dalton time, according to Andy Dalton and no one else other than Matt Nagy, who eventually lost his job, which we all knew was going to happen entering last season after he failed to develop Mitch Trubisky and didn't even want to try to help Trubisky out. Now, Nagy's back in KC working with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback coach for the Chiefs, and Mitch Trubisky is getting a second shot in Pittsburgh, although that might not preclude them from drafting quarterback in the upcoming draft year next month in April. I don't know. They, like I just said, they went best player available. They looked at fields. They looked at Mac Jones. I believe that had they liked any of the quarterbacks, like really fallen in love with them, any of the guys that were Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields, they really liked those guys a lot. They would have done the same trade that San Francisco did and gone up to three, or they would have sat there at eight, and taking a player. But I really think it would have been they would have traded up to three to make sure that they got their guy. That's the only way to make sure because you knew that was Lawrence going to one at Jacksonville, and number two overall is going to be Zach Wilson to the Jets. After that, you had no idea. And when San Francisco traded up, we thought of, originally it was Mac Jones, ended up being Trey Lance, who didn't even play last season. And when Fields did play last year, it wasn't like he was all that great. He did have the Monday night football game where he started to impress. But his first start on the road in Cleveland – was ill-fated. The offense wasn't great. The offensive line especially was terrible. The Bears just weren't a good team last season. He was not in a great situation to have success. I don't appreciate Matt Rule going back week nine last year prior to the New England game saying how he thought Mac Jones would be a good player looking at the current quarterback situation at the time and even now. Why would you say such a thing? They wanted Horn and they liked him. He's at the top of their board. That's what they went with. And they also had already gone with Sam Darnold. They looked at the quarterbacks. They evaluated them. They looked at Sam Darnold's youth that he had. And they figured that a guy who had three years in the league, who's still young, a former top three pick, was a better bet, plus the eighth pick, than either Justin Fields or Mac Jones. That's just what they went with. I don't know why. That's just what they decided to do. Okay, I got Josh here. Hey, Julian. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. After what I consider a massive W from Scott Fitter & Co., what do you think is our positions of need to address in the draft? Well, still, they need a left tackle. We'll see where we're at in a month here once we get down to Las Vegas for the draft. The left tackle would be the top priority for the Carolina Panthers. Um, I think it could benefit from still getting... Maybe another guard. I don't know. Bradley Bozeman. We'll see how things pan out for him. He's only on a one-year deal. I know he was on the radio here in Charlotte. Him and his wife together on the back attack on WFNZ. And seems like they really love the area, and they would love to be here long-term. And that would be great if we can get a long-term answer there. So you might not need to get a guard after drafting Deontay Brown and also drafting Brady Christensen last season. But right now, left tackle is the obvious need. Quarterback's obvious need. We've been over it ad nauseum at this point in time. We'll continue to talk about it for the next, I think, five weeks until we finally get to the draft about how this is not a strong quarterback class. We watched three of them this past week, and it was interesting. The Panthers were at the Kenny Pickett Pro Day on Monday. Everyone, Matt Rule, Scott Fitter, most of the the brass was there. On Tuesday, they were were at Liberty in Lynchburg, Virginia to check out Malik Willis. They were down in Oxford, Mississippi on Wednesday to check out Matt Corral. Then on Thursday – for Desmond Ritter up in Cincinnati, they weren't there. They sent an area scout. I think um, Pat Stewart was there, and then that was pretty much it for the Panthers. They weren't all that interested in Ritter. That would tell you that the top three guys that they're looking at are Corral, Kenny Pickett, and Malik Willis, which conventional wisdom would have already told you that in the first place. So quarterback is still one of those needs. Linebacker, they got two guys. They got Wilson, who's on a two-year deal. They got Littleton on a one-year deal. Finding a cheap linebacker in the middle rounds would make a lot of sense to me. And other than that, maybe get more players on the defensive line. Wider, you got wide receiver. but Really, we already know the two massive needs are still the same needs that we have when the season ended quarterback and left tackle. That's what I would look at when heading into the draft of the Carolina Panthers that they still need to address. And that still hinges upon what happens here in a second wave of free agency next weekend and the weeks to come leading up to the Vegas draft in a couple weeks. Or the draft in vegas in a couple weeks okay let's take a quick pause here on lockdown panthers and i'll get back to your questions here in just a moment it's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us and as you're listening to this show coach k's career is hopefully over thank you texas tech in advance and afterwards for knocking off coach k and ending it if that's not the case then well You can still check out betonline.net from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Okay, let's get back to the questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, either at me or DM me or send a comment on any of that week's YouTube shows to have your question answered next Friday. David says, hey, Julian, I have a podcast question. Fantastic. Hello, David. First, a non-Panthers question. Does anyone call you JC? If they do, do you hate it, like it, or you don't mind? I don't mind, and no one really calls me that except for um, y'all who listen to the show and send me in questions. And I said a couple weeks ago, you guys can call me JC. Most of my friends, well, I'm not going to tell you my friends call me, but most of my friends don't call me JC. We all can call me JC. I have no problem with that at all. Um, he says also moving forward to a Panthers question. I agree with you that the Panthers should take an offensive tackle, but would it be crazy if the Panthers go the Arizona route from a few years ago? Quarterback is the most important position. I say draft Willis. If he looks promising, then the Panthers are good. If he looks like he can't play like Rosen did trade the quarterback away and then just draft another quarterback next year. Is that is this logical to do or would taking two quarterbacks in back to back drafts make fitter look bad? Thanks and enjoy the madness this weekend. Yeah, you know, the whole thing with Josh Rosen, I never felt like he got a true opportunity. Now, if he looked good enough, that was back when Steve Wilkes was there in Arizona, who didn't also didn't get a shot. Neither the quarterback or the coach that season got a shot and an opportunity to have success long term in Arizona. Steve Kime is still the general manager there who got a second opportunity to draft a quarterback, and that being Kyler Murray has looked fairly good. Murray has certainly earned a second contract, and he was upset a couple weeks ago about how he hasn't gotten it and put out his credentials via his agent, and things have seemed to calm down a little bit back there in Arizona as he has put his pictures back on Instagram and started following the team. Just the most juvenile thing that these athletes nowadays unfollow people on Instagram, like as if it even matters at all. But seriously, it's just so stupid. I don't know what the return, like what do they do? Let me look at my phone real quick to see. I don't remember what they Josh Rosen trade. Did they send him to Miami, right? Josh Rosen traded from Arizona. You guys got to bear with me here. Cause I got to figure this out. Cause I don't, I don't remember what the, the trade was. They sent Rosen for the number 62 pick in that year's draft in 2019 and a 2020 fifth round pick. So they got back a second round and a fifth round pick. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's smart. It worked out for Arizona that they were able to be bad enough to get the number one overall pick. I mean, the Panthers have the sixth pick this year, and I don't know what the team's going to look like next year. We got to see it after the draft and how all these parts come together, and also what happens injury wise here in Carolina and throughout the rest of the NFL. I don't think you can bet on being the number one, getting the number one pick next season, and that you're going to absolutely get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. You can always try and trade up. But if a quarterback, if a team's sitting there quarterback needy, which typically is the case for any team that's picking first or second overall, it's very hard to be able to do that. So I don't think that's the best plan. Like you don't plan on, hey, let's take a quarterback and if he stinks, we'll draft another one the next season. I don't recall that ever happening in recent memory in the NFL outside of Arizona. And when it happened leading up to the draft, a lot of people were confused, like, wait, are they really going to go from the number 10 overall pick and then pick Kyler Murray in the draft or are they just going to trade back and use that as leverage their interest, their whether it's real or not. And it was real. It took Kyler Murray. So I don't think that's what the Carolina Panthers should do at all. If they like a quarterback, they should give him an the opportunity to have success. I think the roster's in better shape here than it was in Arizona there. It's not like I follow the Cardinals closely, but they were te- clearly a terrible team. Give that guy an opportunity, man to sit here for at least three seasons. That's the way I look at it. Like, you look at Tua Tungabaloa down to Miami. He's got year three coming up. They just traded for Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddell. They re-signed Mike Kosicki, or at least franchise tagged him. They just signed Teron Armstead, the free agent left tackle, who's one of the top free agents on the market this year. This is it for Tua. Either he gets it figured out this year, or the Dolphins are probably trading up to go find another quarterback next year. Well, that's my thing. You give a guy three years to figure it out. Because that's when you have to make the decision on whether to pick up the fifth year option or not. As you saw with Cleveland, they may have made the wrong mistake with Baker Mayfield and moved on when he has his fifth year option here. And in Carolina, the Jets didn't want to keep Sam Darnold. They knew everyone knew they were going to take Zach Wilson. They just want to go look at him first before trading him away. And once they saw him up in Provo that day, they were cool with the party with Sam Darnold because they didn't want to pick up his fifth year option. And the Panthers of course made a terrible decision of doing it, even though I understand at the time why they did it. So that's kind of how I feel. Give a quarterback an opportunity, at least three years. If he's a rookie on a rookie deal before you have to start paying him, that's what you should do. So if they draft a quarterback, get the infrastructure around him, give him a chance. And then if he stinks, move on. Evan, he said he asked me thoughts on trading this year's fifth round pick for Baker and taking left tackle at six. He's got big upside, but if he plays bad like a lot, think then we are in a decent position to draft a quarterback next season or he plays really well with that chip on his shoulder from Cleveland. Yeah. OK, so we've already done the top three pick reclamation project. That was Sam Donald. It failed spectacularly. Baker Mayfield obviously is a lot better than Sam Donald. He was fantastic back in the 2020 season. Then last year played with an injured non-throwing shoulder. He tore his labrum. I don't know. I've never torn my labrum. Knock on wood. And I don't know if y'all listening have. I imagine it, is not very, it doesn't feel good. It has to be very painful. When he was out there playing, I know it's not his throwing shoulder, but to play with that week in and week out through the entirety of the season, I give him a lot of credit. He played hurt. And in part, that's why he was so bad last year. Yeah, maybe his attitude, his personality wears on you over time, especially when you're not winning. You get sick of it, and it's not like he was Stefanski or Andrew Barry, the general manager and head coach up there in um, Cleveland. It wasn't like he was their guy, so they want to move on. They get Deshaun, and now Deshaun's legal issues are still there as another criminal count is going to a grand jury. So that's Cleveland's problem. Thank God it's not ours, especially with what just happened with the news coming out on Thursday about that down in Texas. No, I don't think they should trade for Baker Mayfield. Have they not learned their lesson yet? That's my whole thing. With Sam Darnold, you you already got $18.858 million you're paying him. It's the same case with Baker Mayfield. He's also playing on a fifth-year option. You're going to allocate nearly $38 million to the quarterback position, and maybe neither one of them are even the answer long-term. How much sense would that make? None. So, no. Take a left tackle at six, totally fine with that. But going out there and trading a fifth-rounder a fifth for Baker, which is insane that Baker Mayfield has no market, and Sam Darnold had a market. Like, that just shows you – Just the way that you act within a locker room can really help you or hurt you. Mitch Trubisky sat up for a year, did nothing in Buffalo, but because he's such an easy to get along with a good teammate, he gets a second chance at Pittsburgh. Marcus Mariota, same kind of guy, getting another chance in Atlanta. Baker Mayfield doesn't get a chance, even though he's been better than all of those guys. And the same thing with with Sam Darnold. He was quiet, unassuming. Hard worker, quiet guy, comes to Carolina, gets a second chance, even though he was terrible, never deserved one. But, you know, that's where we're at. Okay, Percy now. He says, so now that we have the largest number of free cap space in the league, how do you think we will spend it? Here's the thing to remember, and I saw Jonathan Alexander put this out there, and it's something I've also brought up to y'all when we had Ellis Williams on the show, and even when we haven't had guests on the show, about how the salary cap really is going to work here in Carolina. According to NFLPA's salary cap database, the Panthers have $27.6 million in cap space. They're about about $10 million of that, guys, is going to go to end-season moves, IR, and et cetera. And about 8 to $9 million is going to go for the draft pick. So the Panthers only have about $9.6 million left to spend. Does that sound like a lot of money out there and maybe get a quarterback and fit them in? It does not. Yes, they could still sign someone like Dwayne Brown, who I brought up the other day, because Shiel Kapadia of The Athletic brought it up. And I was also one of the names when we went over left tackles a couple weeks ago who could be an option. going to be 37, he's older, I'm kind of concerned. Maybe he's going to be an Andrew Whitworth, or maybe he's going to fall apart because he's old. 37 is not old, but it is in football. It's ancient in football, as we all know. So what are they going to do? I would imagine if they're going to do anything, it's going to be a veteran left tackle like Dwayne Brown. They could also sign someone like Eric Fisher, the former number one overall pick, who reportedly they were interested in talking to. That could be the case. Other than that, I think they're probably pretty much done with a lot of their free agent signings. And as we saw this week, they're clearly looking forward to the draft. I I think they took a pause this week, free agency, looking at the quarterbacks, trying to figure out what they want to do moving forward. And then next week, I think we'll see a signing. Maybe even this weekend, we'll see them uh, announce a signing of a player that can help them next year. And now give us even a better indication of what they plan on doing moving forward, potentially in the draft at sixth overall. Okay, let's take another quick pause here on the show, then... On the other side, of course, I'm going to answer the rest of your mailbag questions here on a Friday on Locked on Panthers. Can't believe that March is almost over, and I can't believe that a lot of y'all have pretty much given up on all your New Year's resolutions. Come on, I get it. We're already three months into 2022, which has already been a decent year so far, but we're going to have to stick to our resolution of eating right. Thanks to Bilt Bar, it almost feels like we don't really have a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. If you haven't tried the Bilt Bar Puffs already, you are missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best-tasting Bars ever. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all built bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate on every single built bar. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting and they're better for you. So go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.
0: Okay, let's finish up the Friday mailbag here on the show again. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where you can at me or DM me to get your questions in. Also, you can leave a a comment on either Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays show over on YouTube, and I'll get to that question there on Friday. So let's go with Alex now, who... Says that you mentioned Trayvon Walker was mocked to the Panthers. If the, the defensive end from the University of Georgia, by the way, if the Panthers truly go with the best player available, offense or defense, do you think Walker's UGA teammate Jordan Davis would be an option, local kid, freak athlete, and would definitely help us stop the run? He would. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing, though. You look at the defensive tackle for the Panthers. They just signed Matt Ioannidis, who has been a really good pass rusher Throughout his tenure up in Washington with the Redskins and football team, didn't even really get a chance to be a commander at seven and a half and eight and a half sacks in back to back years back in 2018 and 19. The last couple seasons dealt COVID injuries and just hasn't performed up to the standard that the commanders were hoping, which is why he was surprisingly released a week ago. But now he's in Carolina, former Temple guy. So you have him. You also have Derek Brown, who is not much of a pass rusher, but a really good tip back in college is really good against the run has been okay against the run here. Bravion Roy was drafted the same year in 2020 as him. So you have three guys at defensive tackle, and that's not even mentioning Davion Nixon, the fifth round pick last season out of Iowa, who's more of a pass rusher as a three technique, but he's someone who also can hopefully in the future, help you stop the run. So there's four Jordan Davis. He's going to be, and Like at Georgia, he didn't play a ton of snaps, just percentage of them because of, well, he's a run stuffer. They're not going to ask him to be out there on pass rushing down. So he can be there first and second down. And he made a major impact. I'm not going to sit here and say that Jordan Davis was not one of the keys to that Georgia defense. Everyone on that Georgia defense was ridiculous. Lewis Seen, um, Trayvon Walker, Nicobe Dean, like that dude, apparently he's like dropping back in the draft. I don't even know how it's possible. He is incredible. Like every single player on that Georgia defense, I would take them at six overall. I do not care. I though have seen that he's not because for a guy who's only gonna play two snap two on first and second down, I don't think that's a guy that you take six overall. Unfortunately, um, like an Aaron Donald who can play every single down, that's a guy that you're gonna take there in the positions. I don't think that he's considered to be that high. But again, Mel Hyper Jr. a couple of weeks ago in his mock draft 3.0 said that Trayvon Walker from Georgia who can Come to Carolina, 6'5", about 270. Kind of fits the mold of what Scott Fitter was looking for. Someone who can set the edge on the run. He's really good at stopping the run, at least in the SEC he was. Will he be in the NFL? We'll see. I don't hate the Jordan Davis pick if they trade back and they're able to get more assets and potentially can have two first-round picks. But I don't know who's really trading up in this year's draft multiple first-round picks this year when you consider the fact that quarterback isn't the premier position in this year's draft that we're all talking about. Maybe here in Carolina. Across the NFL? Mm, Not really. Um, okay, Mark. He says, Is there either is either party in possession of their mental faculties? Okay, I don't joke about mental health, but seriously, Baker doesn't want to start, and we think Donald is better for us right now than him. Okay, Baker doesn't want to come here to Carolina, and the Panthers also aren't interested in him. So I understand the Panthers just got embarrassed for the second time, second year in a row. This one was extremely public when Deshaun Watson said, I don't want to go there. And he discounted them before even choosing to go to Cleveland. The other team he had um, said he wasn't going to go to last Thursday on March 17th. Um, so they tried for Watson. They tried for Russell Wilson. That never went anywhere. They tried for Matthew Stafford. He said, no, they had a, a deal already agreed upon. Like he was coming to Carolina until that one night in Cabo. He fell in love with Sean McVay and won a Lombardi trophy this past year. So he made the right decision, obviously. I don't think they can keep chasing after quarterbacks. And I don't know if they, and it sounds like they don't want Baker and Baker. I don't know how Baker has, I don't know what's going on with him to where he believes that he's good enough to ask for a trade. And he's saying, I want to go to Indianapolis. The Colts didn't want him; They rather have Matt Ryan. Cause they're trying to win right now and they don't have time for Baker. And they're going to have to worry about having to give him a new contract next season. They don't want to worry about that. That's a team that always has cap space. They got Ryan, Matt Ryan. Now. They're not concerned about Baker Mayfield. Seattle, who again, I think is actively lying to themselves. They think Drew Locke is the answer. Maybe he's their answer up in the Pacific Northwest. I doubt it, but we'll see. They don't want Baker either. And the Panthers don't want Baker. The Saints didn't want Baker. What? I don't understand what's going on with him where he thinks that he can sit here and dictate where he wants to go when a team just gave up on him. When, you, when someone gives up on you after four years and you were the number one overall pick and you took them to the playoffs and won their first playoff game in eons, you can't sit there and say, oh, I want out. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go that, to that place. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I know what's going on with him. I've always loved Baker Mayfield. A part of what I liked about him is also what's what's wrong with him and why he's finding himself in this position right now in the National Football League. But as far as it comes here to Carolina, stop wasting assets on players who you don't know are for sure the answer. And Baker Mayfield, we don't know for sure is the answer. So I don't think the Panthers are out of their mind. You're going to pay him the same money you're going to pay Sam Darnold. I'd rather just stick with Sam Darnold and see if he can magically figure it out, than go get another failed quarterback from that 2018 draft. Like, why do we want to do that? So, there you go, Mark. I, I don't, I don't think any Baker. I don't know what's going on with him mentally. The Panthers, well, they just do stupid things a lot of times. So I kind of know what's going on, but I don't disagree with them and not wanting to go after Baker Mayfield. So yeah, you have a good one as well. Go heels and keep pounding. All right, three more. Tony. Two-part Friday Mailway question for me. He says, if you had to pick between Matt Corral, Malik Willis, or Kenny Pickett, who would you choose? Does their draft projection affect your decision at all? As I've said, and I'll state again, I don't really think it matters. If you really like the guy, take him wherever. That was Mike Mayock's philosophy in Las Vegas, and I think the issue mainly has been, I mean, the players have underperformed like Cleveland Furrow, who went like fourth overall when he was projected to go in the 20s. And Josh Jacobs has been a pretty good player. But then you have all the other things that happened with some of their corners. And, of course, Henry Ruggs, who was taken higher than people thought he would be taken. He was a good player for them. But then he unfortunately had what happened this past season um, with the DUI and, and killing somebody, at least allegedly. Of course, as we got to let the legal system play out. Um, But I don't know if, if you think someone's good enough and you like him there. Then take him. But I do understand the whole value board and if you can trade back and still get him at 15, get some assets. But you also have to have a trade partner. That's one of the things. Because if you don't know if someone you can trade back, then, well, hell, that's who you want. You might as well just go ahead and take him. Um, but between the three, uh, I go. I take Malik Willis first. And then I would take Matt Corral, then Kenny Pickett. And it's weird. Like Corral is better than both those guys back in college. If you look at his entire college career, yeah, he threw a lot of picks back in 2020. He was really good this past year. Touchdowns went down. Interceptions went down. But he was a warrior for Wayne Kiffin and that old Miss Rebels team this past season. I like him a lot. Compact, throwing motion. Maybe not as big of an arm as Malik Willis. I like Matt Corral. Kenny Pickett, I just saw a lot of bad tape. And maybe he just tapped out. Or maybe he's just getting better and he's going to have that as surgeons. I, I just don't see the comparisons between him and Joe Burrow. I just we gotta stop doing that. So yeah, I think I say Willis, Corral, then Pickett. I, I'm just not a huge whoever they take, I'll support. I'm just not huge on either Pickett, I, I don't pickett, really. I, I'm not really huge huge on any of these guys. Willis is really fun to watch. I like Corral. Probably coming the most of the guys I watched past season. I like Corral the most. I just look at potentially the um the ceiling, whatever we talk about, all the stupid buzzwords that. Willis allegedly has, and maybe that makes more sense, and he can sit back for a year and give him the opportunity to perform. I I don't know. We'll see. Okay, Richard. We all saw how bad the O-line was last year. Sam did pretty decent first three games with CMC and Arnold. Do you think Sam can do better this year with all the new talent around him? Let's go back to those first three games. We had the conversation even after those first three games. As exciting as the 3-0 start was and the thoughts of, hey, man, we got Dallas coming up this this week, beat Dallas going to the playoffs this year. We're already had a schedule. This is awesome. Maybe we found a quarterback in Darnold. You look at the games. I mean, they played the Jets. The Jets suck. They played the Saints. The Saints had their coaching staff out. They had a Michael Thomas was gone. Their starting center, Eric McCoy, was gone. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson didn't play in that game. Marshawn Lattimore didn't play. Like, there was every reason in the world why the Saints lost that game. Now, the Panthers went out there and kicked their ass. And even if those guys would have been healthy and the coaches would have been around, it feels like the Panthers would have kicked their ass that day. But still... Reason why they beat them. And then Houston wasn't good last year. So you beat two crappy teams. And excuse me. Uh, you beat two crappy teams. And then you beat the Saints, who had a bunch of issues that day. So I think that kind of answers your question right there to why they were 3-0. and So, yeah, Darnold, first half of the first game against the Jets, looked good. Did nothing in the second half. Saints game, first half, looked good. Did nothing in the second half. Had a horrendous... Ter- um, interception. um Had a great second half on the road in Houston, especially when McCaffrey went down and then looked great in the first half against Dallas. And after that, it was downhill. If McCaffrey's healthy, the O line's improved, and then the receivers can bounce back outside of DJ Moore, yeah, I think that you can have success with Sam Darnold. I thought last year, thinking that he wasn't good and the O line was going to be bad, that they go eight and nine and instead went five and 12. So now the O line's better. And I still don't think Darnold's any good. I would imagine that my eight and nine projection would actually make a lot more sense this season. Will that be good enough to get into the playoffs? The NFC doesn't look great, especially the division. Tampa's going to win a division. Maybe they could have success with Sam Darnold. We'll see. They keep saying we're going to do more to help Sam. They've done a lot this offseason so far to help Sam. If he is the quarterback, but it sounds like they don't want Sam to be the quarterback. We'll see how it plays out. Andrew final question here. Hi, Julian. Hi, Andrew. What, would you like to see happen in the draft? If possible, I was thinking trade back and take best left tackle or edge rusher and take an interior offensive lineman like Darian Kennard from uh, Kentucky or Sawyer. I don't know who Sawyer is from the, with the second round pick. We lost to a middle, middle linebacker. He says Muma or Beavers would be great. DeMonte Clark can play edge as well rotationally. Yeah, I mean, once you get out of the first round of the draft, guys, and you are talking about positions, like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not a guy who works for the draft network. I'm not a, not a draft expert in all these kind of ways. I'll just say positions that you can look at. Like I'm totally fine with them sticking at six and taking left tackle, especially right now. They have no left tackle starting. Yeah, you can go with Brady Christensen, but you can get a guy you had a first-round grade on and a six overall pick. I think you want to go with that guy opposed. Um, over Christensen, who eventually will slot in at guard. We'll see where he slots in if he starts this year or not. I imagine he would. But if Elfline beats out, um, Bozeman, I, Bozeman's going to be starting. I have, I don't think we've seen a contract turn, but he's going to get paid the money where he's going to be starting. And then Brady Christensen's going to be your backup. And that's not bad when you have given more time to learn and you have depth. That's important because injuries are going to occur. And the Carolina Panthers have not had quality depth at the offensive line in a very long time. So right now, I'm still left tackle at six until further notice. And even if they bring in a guy like Dwayne Brown, who might be here for a year, I'm still left tackle at six until further notice. And the quarterback position is important. But none of these guys seem to be deserving a number six overall pick. And I would not be surprised if they fall in love with somebody that they still take one there at six. Trading back is appetizing because of the decisions that they made to trade away a second round pick for a terrible quarterback Sam Donald and Sam Darnold and the reactionary move to go get CJ Henderson with the third, with would give up a third round pick for him. So that's what I'm looking at right now. I, I, I would be fine with that. If you can get multiple players in the second round, I still think that Scott Fitter is going to find a way to get back in that day two without having to give up a pick in this year's track. They might be giving up something next year, which is an ideal. We'll see how the year plays out. And I think he'll find a way to recoup it. And, you look at the Sam Darnold trade, they were able to get back a fourth-round pick and get back a sixth-round pick. Now, they haven't got back that second-round pick for Sam Darnold, but they paid for it. They got they, they were able to recoup that, that those draft picks. It's unfortunate they don't have a second or third this year. We'll see if he can recoup it. I'm not going to give up on Scott Fitter after seeing what he did last year and how he was able to go from seven picks to 11 picks. I kind of trust the guy and his ability to maneuver things around and hopefully get those draft picks back for the Carolina Panthers, which then could open up some possibilities for them getting some of those positions like middle linebacker. And I don't know if interior offensive line, but edge rusher certainly is something you could look at with the departure of Hassan Redick. And yes, you re-sign Frankie Louvu and you re-sign Marquise Haynes, but why not go get a young edge rusher? He could put opposite of um, Brian Burns, especially if it comes in the second round. Okay, that's going to wrap it up here on this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. You see it down there if you're watching on YouTube. Every single week, the weekly Friday mailbag, unless it's a holiday or something like last week, breaking news happens. I got to talk more about that than I need to answer your questions. Even though I want to always answer your questions, either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. And also send a comment on YouTube Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday shows. Go ahead and check it out. And if you're not already, make sure to watch on YouTube and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Locked on Panthers. Search it. Click on the blue one, not the red one. That's Florida Panthers. Watch the show every Monday through Friday. Like, you can listen to the show every Monday through Friday on Apple Podcasts. You should rate, review, and subscribe. And on Spotify and all the other podcasting platforms out there. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Keep pounding. And I will talk to you all on Monday.
1: Hey, Prime members.